You may have had those questions yourself. You may have felt like your prayers have gone unanswered. Let's hear what the scriptures have to say about all of this. Turn to Psalm 22, if you would, verse 2. My God, the psalmist says, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. And then in John, chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And then Luke 22, verse 42, and Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He cries out in the midst of his prayers, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. What is the cup? It's the suffering that he's anticipating he's going to be having and that cross that he will die on. Take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. There was a young woman came into a pastor's office to share her struggle. The pastor knew of her through all of the workings of the church and knew that she and her husband had been trying for years to conceive a child. They had done all the tests and had done the, fertil uh, the in vitro fertilization to uh, have a child. And she had gotten pregnant. But it seemed that the minute she got pregnant, she was very sick. And after a few months, the doctor told her, you can't continue to live like this. You are so sick. You really have just two choices. To keep on with this pregnancy, and both you and your baby will die, or to terminate the pregnancy and you will live. She, in all of her wisdom and anguish, said, I'd rather die than to terminate this pregnancy. And of course, her husband and family did not want to even think about her dying. And the baby uh, was terminated, and the baby died. After two weeks in ICU and months of recovery, the doctor told the woman to go back to normal life. Well, she tried. But she was struggling. She was a faithful woman who had gone to church all of her life, who had been a follower of Jesus and had really thought that if she prayed and prayed and got everybody else to pray, that God would answer the prayers. And she was disillusioned because the people had prayed and God hadn't answered. She came to that pastor saying, I have turned away from God. I can no longer believe in this God. I cannot believe that God would let my baby die. God doesn't care, so why pray? Just when she needed her faith, it wasn't there. It might be important for you to know that this woman had gone to seminary and was the pastor of a large church 
And it was not only that her faith, her life, her family, but all that she believed in and worked for in God's name was torn apart. She just couldn't reconcile her understanding of God and why her baby died. Well, then there was another person, a young man who had been out of work for over two years, and he had been praying, and all of his friends had been praying, please give me a job, find a job, anything, please. His prayers were not being answered. And then there was the spouse who had left taking the children and all their belongings And the remaining spouse was praying, return them, please. We can make this right. We can make this life work for us. Just bring her back. All the prayers went unanswered. Maybe you have had an opportunity to know the anguish when prayers aren't answered. The loneliness, the pain, the torment. It's really confusing to us faithful persons for we really do believe what the scriptures have to say to us that if you keep on praying, God will answer. It says, just pray unceasingly. And it's even made worse that sometimes we turn on the TV and hear these TV evangelists and see signs on the highway at these little small little churches that say, Well, I prayed for a parking space because I was running late for my meeting. And God had a parking space right in front of the building. That's when I pulled up. And then you might hear of another person say, well, I needed a bigger house. And I just prayed and I got a four-bedroom house instead of the three-bedroom And then you might watch the TV and see the football uh, quarterback making a mad dash from the scrimmage line and avoiding all the tackles and makes a touchdown. And he kneels down and he crosses himself, indicating that it was God that created that touchdown and made it possible. It's confusing. Does God take more care and attention to finding parking spaces and making touchdowns than God does in having past uh, people with a child that's dying or a spouse that has left home or finding jobs? Does, is God that nilly-willy? It's confusing. And it's even more confusing when we read the scriptures in Matthew chapter 21 verses 21 through 23, when Jesus says, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Well, the scriptures say that everything is going to be provided. God will answer my prayer. I just got to keep going, right? 
Well, it's important for us to understand what Jesus was doing here and who he was speaking to. He was speaking specifically to his disciples. And he was endeavoring to teach them how to pray and to heal and to do the miracles that he had been doing. And in fact, they learned and they went out and did them. Not always were they answered and not always did their miracles happen. But at least the disciples were given the possibility. Jesus was trying to teach them that prayer does get answered. Well, commentators say, well, that helps to know that Jesus was uh, trying to teach his disciples. But shouldn't, if I'm a literal interpreter of the Bible, shouldn't I believe that's for me as well? Well, then let's think about what Jesus was, how he was speaking. For Jesus did a lot of speaking. And he spoke quite often in prophetic hyperbole. Prophetic meaning making a statement that is about a principle. The statement here, don't doubt, pray, answer prayers will happen. Hyperbole, uh, it's an exaggeration of something to make a point. Well, you and I do hyperboles all the time. I have two boys that are grown and have their own children now, but when they were little, I would say, you can do anything. Just go for it. Well, John wasn't very good at math. So was I lying that he could be a mathematician when I told him he could do anything? Oh, and Tom was an okay drummer at home in his bedroom, but he wouldn't have been asked to play at any worship service. So was I lying to say he could be anything and do anything? No. I was making a point. My point was, don't limit yourself. You have potential that is yet to be discovered. Try anything and everything. Have confidence in yourself. Go for it. We've all done that. Well, in this particular scripture, Jesus was encouraging the disciples to pray Ask and it will be given. Trust that God has given you the power to heal and to do miracles. It will be given to you, Jesus says. Yet, the tension between the prayers being answered and the prayers not being answered, it's really a struggle for us Christians. We can't figure out what it means to sometimes to have our prayers go unanswered. In fact, many of us go to the uh, website and Google unanswered prayers to see what the website will say. Well, I did that. And I found out there's 178,000 websites for unanswered prayer. Surely somebody has the right answer. Well, there was one common thing. They all blamed it on me that my prayers weren't answered. It was my fault. Oh, I didn't want to hear that. And one even said, well, there's 11 common reasons that unanswered prayers happen. And here's just four. Well, you're not seeking to please God. You lack faith. You have unconfessed sin in your life. You pray with impure motives. 
Duh, wrong. Are you going to say any of those things to people who are walking in hell on earth or struggling with why their child has died? Are you going to say you just lack faith or you have un unconfessed sin? No, that's obscene. That's wrong. Well, how much faith do you have to have to have your prayers answered? Well, Jesus says in the scriptures, you only need enough faith the size of a mustard seed. Well, it's even smaller than a grain of salt. That's really tiny. You can't even see it. Jesus is not saying you need 95% faith to get your prayers answered. All you need is a mustard seed of faith. Wow. Well, then, what's wrong here? Why aren't my prayers getting answered? Well, let me uh, go to Mark 9. We have the story of a father who carries his son to Jesus and says, My son is suffering from demons, and we now know it's probably epilepsy because the symptoms are very similar to epilepsy. And the father goes up to Jesus and he says, if you're able, heal my son. And Jesus says, if I'm able, haven't you read anything is possible with God? And then the father says, well, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Isn't that where we are? Aren't we stuck in unbelief, doubt, distrust, not really knowing whether God has even heard us? Well, I would say to each of you that I believe in prayer and I believe it works. And I believe that God does answer our prayers. But I look more closely at the scriptures again. And I noticed that Jesus goes to God in prayer many times through the scripture. He separates himself and goes to the mountain or goes to the seaside. If God prayed or if Jesus prayed, surely I can pray. I need it more than Jesus did. He was directly connected. That was his father. Well, and then I remembered the scripture from the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus experienced unanswered prayer. And then I'm not alone. I realized that Jesus knows what it means to have unanswered prayer. Oh, you remember that uh, setting. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane on Thursday evening just before he was arrested. And he knelt down and prayed, and then he collapsed. The scripture tells us that he prayed so fervently that the tears were flowing as if it was blood running down his face. He knew what suffering was. He did not want to have the beatings, the betrayals, the rejection, and the death on the cross. 
he yelled out, God, Father, Abba, Daddy, take this cup of suffering from me. Did he expect his prayer to change his destiny? That he wouldn't end up on the cross? No, I don't think so. For the scriptures are pretty clear that he understood that he was going to die so that we would know the depths of God's love. Well, then why did he pray? Or why do we pray? Well, I have a, a theory that if he had not prayed so fervently and poured himself out and said so specifically what his need was, Lord, take this cup of suffering from me, that he wouldn't have been prepared to walk the walk and to get on the cross. Prayer. Well, if you think about what Jesus then said, he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And what was Jesus really saying? He was saying, it's really not important what I want, God. It's really about you and what you want. My will is not important. It's your will that is. You are my master. I am your child. Your will is all I care about. He made himself so vulnerable and put himself in God's hands. A level of trust that surmounts any common reasoning power. Well, I'd like for us to dissect that prayer a little bit. First off, he was very specific in what he asked for. Take this cup from me. How specific are we in our prayers? Haven't you discovered that when you are emotionally in turmoil and feel like you are on hell, in hell on earth, that your thoughts are so scattered that you might think you have 20 different issues going on? But when you say a prayer, you are forced to make one statement, one clarifying statement of what the main issue is. And in that process, you eliminate the motion and get to the real stuff. So when you're specific, you can then identify what it really is you're struggling with. Then, in that prayer, you then realize that while you may have the need and the will, the desire to have something happen, it may not be what God wants you to have or to happen. There are times in my life, and I'm sure in yours, that I'm so glad that God didn't answer some of my prayers. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't marry that guy. Woo! <laughs> this one's great. But I just knew Billy Bob was it. 
Six foot seven. Yeah, me. Well, there's something about prayer that sometimes the answer may be a no or it may be a long time in resolving. But I've discovered in the process of prayer that if I state this one statement, it helps my prayer take feet. I will then say, God, this is my issue. I pray that you answer. But it is not my will that's important. It's yours. But God, what is it you want me to learn from this experience or this issue? What is it you're trying to teach me? And when I ask that prayer, I then allow myself to be open to the comments of friends and family that God puts in my path. And maybe different options and different solutions will come up that I hadn't thought of. And maybe over time, the result of my prayer is what God wanted and not what I wanted. So in prayer, we trust that God will answer. We're specific in our request. We leave the results of the prayer to God. Well, and then we keep on praying. We keep on praying because in the prayer life with God, we are tuned into what God might have to say to us on any subject. The more we time we spend with God, the more able we are to live through the struggles of life. I'm sure that Jesus kept on praying every time he took a step down that road toward the cross. He probably said, God, I know you're here. Be with me. But even on the cross, if you remember, he said in those last few seconds of life, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? The anguish that God didn't care or that God was answered, absent. That was the humanness of Jesus, just like the humanness of our, of our lives. Why aren't you there, God? Why have you forsaken us? And then Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was again back to God's will and a trust that God would do what God needed to do. Oh, by the way, you might want to know that that young woman and her husband kept on praying for children. It was impossible for her to have a natural birth. But there were three children in Russia who had been praying for mom and dad, and they ended up together. Oh, and the man who had prayed for a job, well, two and a half years later, he got one. It wasn't the perfect one but it fed his family. 
And for the spouse that left, would you really, really want to have a spouse returned if they had rejected you? Can you make that spouse love you? Can you make anybody do anything that fits your will? No. Prayer. Is that thing that I believe in with all my heart and soul and mind. I will keep on praying even though sometimes I can't hear the result. Or know an answer. Somebody said after the first service, well, I've had every prayer of mine answered. And they said, no, was there a lot? Yeah. Sometimes I don't even hear the no. Do you? Do we expect the prayer to change our destiny? Well, prayer changes the person praying. For it puts us in communion with God in such a way that we grow in an understanding of what it means to trust in the power of God to heal. So keep on praying. Pray for that house to sell. Pray for that child to be healed. Pray for that person going into the surgery. Miracles do happen. Keep on praying. But listen. And watch for God's answer. It's there, just waiting for you to notice. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for being with us and being patient with us in our doubt and fear that you are not here and not listening. Help us to trust in you. Help us to believe that you do answer. Help us to have the courage and the strength to keep on praying even though it just seems worthless and ridiculous. For you are our Lord and our Master, and your will is what is important to us. We're just human beings with no foresight and no knowledge that you have. We think we have the right answers, yet over and over again we have been discovered that we're not very wise. For we ask that you answer our prayers in ways that we will become closer to you in the knowledge that we will be carried by you through all the struggles. That you want us to be happy and whole. That you want the best for us in all that we do. God, indirect us as we trust in your power. Amen.